This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dave at thenewyorkbudget.com. And when I'm not breakdancing on the subway for money, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement. It's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if being an announcer guy on a podcast has ever been on your bucket list, then pay attention, friend, because I'm about to take you on a tour of everything you gotta do. First, it's really important you tell everyone up front what we're talking about today, like this. On today's show, we welcome the woman who's going to share her guide for creating a real bucket list, Karen Cordaway. Plus, in headlines, what's the one bill most Americans say could bankrupt them? You'll find out, and it's gonna be ugly. See how I built the tension there? I mean, you just take notes, and you'll might, might get to the level where I am. Then, you, you tell them we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky listener, but wait, it gets better. Answer a letter from the mailbag, and feel this, folks, feel this. Leave time for the best part of the show, my amazing trivia. And now, two guys who've got the easy part on this show. They just talk into the mic when I tell them to. Here they come, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Doug's not the boss of me, but we're going to start anyway. Hey there, stackers. Welcome to Wednesday Man, am I exhausted today. I, I had to work OG yesterday. It was it was unbelievable. This four-day week. Oh. Had to work on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I it's had, really rough, wasn't it? Actually, you know what's bad? The week after the four-day week, as everybody knows, is a horrible week. Because you get to Thursday, you're like, are we done yet? 
Yeah, it feels like you should be back on vacation. It's one of those uh, you need vacation from your vacation because everybody schedules so much stuff because it's the unofficial start of summer. So it's like I'm going to pack everything in here. And then when you get to the week, you're like, okay, I need to take some time off. <laughs> I'm exhausted from that holiday. Yeah, you know what? I think I need a boost. Thanks to Experian Boost for supporting Stacky Benjamins. How about that, huh? Experian, Experian Boost could potentially help you establish or increase your access to credit, boost your FICO score instantly for free. Boost is only available at Experian.com slash SB. Head there. We'll talk more about how that's free a little bit later in the show. We're also today brought to you by Acre Trader. Thanks to them for supporting Stacky Benjamins. For more information on how to become a farmland investor through Acre Trader, visit acretrader.com forward slash SB. I wish we had like some John Denver music whenever we talked about Acre Trader. That would make that even more fun. Like this. That is so not. Oh my. Too soon. I can't believe you did that. Oh, we got a great show today. Karen. I'll be here all week, folks. That is so bad. Karen Cordaway is here talking about bucket list. You know, everybody says they have a bucket list. If you so don't awesome. have, if you, you better don't, have one, if you're John Denver, <laughs> don't, better hope it's done. If, if you talk about a bucket list and you don't have one, which is, I think most people, including me, by the way, I'm sure I'll talk about that a little bit with Karen. That's going to be much bigger than it seems, but first we have some headlines. So let's get this, this horribly arranged party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. I can't believe you just take the show and nosedive it into the ground. You know, following the cues. I didn't even introduce. I didn't even introduce you, by the way. I just said, "Hey, OG, this is uh, the guy across the table from me." Is uh, my partner? Seventeen OG. people that listen to the show. Although I'm going to have to disassociate out. myself from from you for that that whole thing. I found this uh, first headline at the Motley Fool today. This is written by Katie Brockman. The expense nearly half of Americans think can bankrupt them. Which expense do you think nearly half of people? Man, you are so good at this game. Katie writes, you surely heard you should stash money away in a rainy day fund for unexpected expenses. Whether you lose your job, the refrigerator breaks, your kids get hurt at soccer practice. It's important to keep a few thousand dollars in the bank just in case the unexpected happens. While all those, but yeah, yeah. Right. all those costs could debt your budget, there's one expense nearly half Americans are worried about will bankrupt them, and that's health care. Around 45% of Americans said a major health-related expense could potentially lead to bankruptcy, according to a Gallup poll. Health care expenses can break the bank at any age, but they're especially detrimental to older Americans, retirees in particular. Not only are older adults more susceptible to health issues, but retirees usually live on a fixed income, and going bankrupt from health care costs even more likely for the 42% of baby boomers who have nothing at all safe for retirement, according to an insured retirement Institute survey. This idea I wanted to talk about because, you know, everybody knows this is true. I don't think there's one person going, yeah, healthcare doesn't bother me yet. When we talk about things, OG, like disability coverage, how often do you talk to people like, yeah, I don't think I need that. Well, that's just human nature. I mean, you look at the statistics and you'll say X number of people will get sick or hurt and can't work for an extended period of time, or this number of people haven't saved for retirement and that sort of thing. And everybody goes, well, yeah, that's them. That stuff doesn't happen to me. I mean, look at me, I'm in great shape. We were joking about the, uh, you know, tragedy of John Denver's airplane and his flying skills. 
some years ago. But look at all the news recently about the folks climbing Everest. These people are in prime physical condition. I mean, prime. Dude summits Everest, has a heart attack. Now, do you think that he would have had that anyway? Who knows, right? But he got a thorough checkout, I'm sure. I don't think that he just said, yeah, I'm going to go do this without anybody checking in and making sure that I can do it. So even somebody like that who is in really, 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 really good shape can have, you know, something sudden pop up. Well, that's and, a good point. It, People would tell me when I was a financial planner that they were, I remember somebody literally told me, I, I said, but you go skiing all the time. The guy's like, yeah, but I'm a really good skier. I'm really good. Yeah, but that's like mom says, it's not you I'm worried about. Exactly. It's the other guy. Yeah. I was thinking about news just recently. I mean, on our parade of, of horrible news this morning, reading the news about two teenagers killed in Peru, but hit by a bus. Yeah. Nothing to do with them. The uh, Wisconsin assistant basketball coach. Oh, his yeah. His family yeah, yeah, had yeah. a big car accident and he lost some family members. I mean, the thing is, is that you don't know how that's going to affect you. And there's stuff that you can prevent. You know, you can exercise and eat well and that sort of thing. And hopefully that helps your health conditions. But then there's, you know, walking down the sidewalk and slipping on the, I mean, the, the, the governor of Texas, most people know, is in a wheelchair. Do you know the story of how Governor Abbott ended up in a wheelchair? No, actually, I never Law heard this student story. walking to class, tree branch broke off, fell on him, broke his back. A tree branch. Just random walking down the street. Like that guy at the SEC track meet getting ready to, to run the 100-yard dash and backed into a javelin. <clears throat> Stuck right in his back. They had to bring a, a saw yeah. to saw it off, and then they took the rest of it out at a hospital, collapsed his lung. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah, just weird stuff, right? So it's not the rainy day fund. It's not the cash reserve. It's the combination of all of these things that you have to evaluate and say, does it make sense to take a small percentage of my savings or a small percentage of my income or a small percentage of you know my future net worth and make sure that the rest of it can happen successfully? We talk about disability insurance in particular. Most people have, if you've got a full-time job, you've got disability coverage at work. And it's probably decent. But the problem is, is that that, that that ends at some point in time. And the difference between what you earn and what your disability insurance pays, your disability coverage is going to pay for putting food on the table. You're not going to be hungry. You probably are even going to be able to pay the mortgage, but you won't be able to save. So what do you do if you get sick or hurt and you can't work for the rest of your life and then you get to 65 and they say, yeah, that's it. Yeah. What are you going to get? Social Security? Social Security is based on earned income. So you have 20 years of zeros. What do you think your Social Security benefits are going to look like? So it's a combination of all of these things, the cash reserve, the insurance coverage, disability, life insurance. It's making sure that your estate planning is done correctly. It's making sure that the powers of attorney are in place for financial medical decisions, all of those things work together. I want to do just a quick paint by numbers though with disability, what people listening should check out on their disability policy to make sure they have the right stuff. Well, a couple of things come to mind. Firstly, if you have a group policy from work, it probably only covers your base salary. So if you have a base plus bonus compensation arrangement or you get stock options or restricted shares or something like that, you make a $100,000 salary and you get $80,000 bonuses from commissions, probably only going to cover the $100,000. Probably. You got to double check it. Most of the time, group coverage 
is paid for by your employer, or at least the vast majority of it's paid for by your employer, which means the benefit to you will be taxable. It's just like earned income. So again, when you look at that 60% number, you say, well, I could get by with that if I had to. Well, yeah, but then Uncle Sugar is going to take a few points off the top too, because now it's taxable income. And then the last piece that I always think about is the inflation component of it. The older you are, the less impactful inflation is to your earnings potential. But the younger you are, the more important it is. And most of the time for, for a group benefit type of insurance policy, it's not the Cadillac they're out there buying for your group policy. It's the whatever's worse than a Cadillac. Yeah. You know, a Yugo or something. No. What are those called? Not Yugos. Yes. No, no. Well, the Yugo. Is that, is that I mean, really? What's the name yeah, of Yeah, I mean, that? That, car's, that car's long gone because it was so oh, horrible. Yeah. But yeah, the Yugoslavian automobile. Is that what it is? It was. Is it really it was, was called the, a Yugo? It was a Yugo. Yeah, the, yeah, the one that the wind blew hard on the Mackinac Bridge and it picked up the Yugo. And, and, uh, oh, I don't remember that. We are that just old, horrible today. Coverage. We are just horrible yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. let's well, keep telling. Know. Welcome to the stories about uh, all the ways people maim themselves and die. Uh, mm-hmm. today. Not good. So if you're going to, if you're going to just kind of put a, a bow yes, on this, if you're, sure. if you're going to try to supplement what you have through work, you want to look at the impact of inflation. You want to make sure that you have some inflation protection there. You want to make sure that covers your job for your specific thing. You want to make sure that it covers all of your income. And I mean, all of it, I'm talking bonuses, stock option grants, 401k matching, all of that's earned income that you can count toward your disability benefits if you want to insure that. There's a company out there's companies out there that'll do that. And then you want to kind of pair those things together. The most important thing with all of this, whatever you decide, have a plan on the shelf. We talk about it in our planning process, but you want to have a plan on the shelf, God forbid any of this stuff actually happens, that you can take off so you're not trying to make financial decisions in a really stressful, highly emotional decision-making time because you're gonna make really bad financial decisions then. But if you've thought through this and you've kind of put a plan in place, you'll at least be a little better off financially. Our second headline comes to us from Barron's. Uh, this uh, OG you brought to the table. This is written by Karen Hube. Ten Finally. Ten, <laughs> ten, something to the table. 10 rules for financial freedom. What'd you like about this piece? Well, I like the no BS components of it. Systematic approach to checking off the boxes of, of your uh, financial planning life. Well, let's dive into these. Uh, The true measure of financial success, Karen writes, isn't how much money you make, it's how much you keep. That's a function of how well you're able to save money, protect it, and invest it over the long term. Sadly, most Americans are lousy at this. Even after a decade of steady economic expansion and record-breaking stock markets, almost two-thirds of earners would be hard-pressed to cover an unexpected $1,000 expense. Yada, yada. Okay, we're going to go into nobody saves. We already know that, don't we? Uh, Carry on. The, The... Let's go through the 10 points. Number one is to set goals. And it's funny, we're going to talk to Karen Cordaway today about how important this is and how important it is having them in writing. And I think about, oh, gee, whenever Cheryl and I have a written plan, whether we ever look at it again or not, doesn't matter. Just the act of getting together and writing it down. I remember talking to my coach just about six weeks ago. She showed me goals from a year and a half ago that I wrote. And she goes, you know what? I know we've never talked about these since. They were all done. I had done every single one of the things that were on that list. Yeah, we underestimate the amount of stuff we can get done when we put it down. I I have a similar story. I remember going through a goal-setting workshop this is years and years and years and years and years ago, 15 years ago. And I did the whole thing, wrote them out by hand, 
put him in my briefcase, you know, work bag that I took to work every day. I, my, I was going to look at it every day, never looked at it again, put it in like the side pocket so it would be safe, but never thought about opening that pocket again. Fast forward about three years, open it up, boom, here's the list of three things that I wanted to do, all descriptors of how I wanted to get it done, 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 in faster time period than I actually wrote it down that I wanted to get it done. So you got to have something to aim at with your financial planning. So you've got to have uh, something on the horizon to work toward. I would have goals. I wouldn't sweat the fact that your goals might change. I think people don't write them down because they're afraid of the permanency of writing them down. I wouldn't That's sw- the idea. You do want it to be, I mean, you want to link it to your, to your mindset internally and you do that by writing it down. Yeah. There's something very visceral about writing, you know, connecting your handwriting to your brain. And that's been shown time and time again in different studies. So know what you've got and what you need is next. You know, we're Mm -hmm. going to be working with uh, Scott Rickens to bring the playing with fire documentary to Detroit and maybe to some other cities. What I liked about that movie was that they talked about food cost and the percentage of their budget, which is food cost. And what's funny that I thought about when I was looking at that is I track my expenses. I have a reasonable budget. I had to go back that day and look at what my food cost actually was because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't know what I had and, and, and what I need. And when that gets away from me, that's when the lifestyle creep starts up. You know, it's Tuesday night. I'm a little bit tired. So I decide to go out to dinner. I go out to dinner. I decide to have a drink with dinner. That makes the bill higher. It also makes me feel a little worse the next day because instead of having healthier home cooking, I eat stuff where the chef just trying to make it taste good, buddy, not worried about my waistline. So the next day I feel the, a little The person worse. at McDonald's is not called the chef, but that's, go ahead. That, that, that's right. It's called Jimmy. Jimmy, make the quarter pounder. When you, when you walk in and they go, oh, hello, Mr. Saucy. Hi, good to see you again. The usual. We can put an extra cheeseburger on it this time. My compliments to the chef. <laughs> Magnifique. Yes. Let me give How him many a- stars does this? Uh, does this? They're like, <laughs> Yelp stars? You're like, no, no, no. Michelin stars. Michelin stars. They're like, well, we have one Yelp star. How much is that? How much is that? that? Michelin ratings. <laughs> But know what you've got, what you need. You like, got to know it. Yep. Tr- yeah. You define, this is what we call defining reality. It just is what it is. A lot of times people don't want to take inventory of where they are because you're ashamed of it. And when I talk to people on the phone, it's kind of interesting because you can always tell when when somebody's got a little bit of like, well, I got the student loan debt. Yeah, I'm sorry. What, what did you say? Uh, student loan debt. You're like, oh, student loan debt. Yeah, student uh, 50000 You know, because you... It just is what it is. When you're working through a financial plan, when you're building this for yourself, just lay it all out on the table. Own it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now, listen, people go, well, I wish I wouldn't have done that. No kidding. There's a lot of stuff in my life I wish I'd have done differently. I'm sure yours too. The best you could with the information that you have, and now you have different information. So yeah, if we go back in time, we do things differently. I'd have saved a million dollars a year if I had the opportunity. But the the, the thing is, is that it's all about making good progress with the new information. But to do that, you got to set the table. The third piece on here, safe systematically. I think, OG, there's two different ways you can get to your goal. Number one is with this, the way they have it written down here is number one. Number two, like cut costs, know where you are, then then save the money that you, you know, mm-hmm. go through your budget. But I think there's another way to do this, which is figure out the amount of money you want to save, save that money first. And learn to live on the rest. Yeah. 
And if you're going to do it that way, you probably shouldn't use a credit card because you're going to start supplementing your income with somebody else's money. So use a cash only diet, set your savings amount where you want it, figure out how to live on the rest. You can do it that way too. I like to talk about the ways that you can make a decision turn into multiple decisions so you don't get decision fatigue. So you know, look at rules in your life that you can apply over and over and over again. Maybe right now, for example, the most you can invest is the 3% in your 401k to get the match. And you say, from now on, every dollar that I get that's extra above my budget, bonus, pay raise, side hustle, whatever, I'm going to take half of that and apply to my debt and half of that's going to my brokerage account. Now, you know, you've set that rule in place and that, that rule now makes it so that all your other decisions are easy. So you get a pay raise and your pay raise goes from $50,000 to 60,000. You go, okay, well, Uncle Sam's going to take a third of that. So I'm left with seven grand. You go, boom, $3,500 goes in my brokerage account. $3,500 goes in my debt. I'm $300 a month, done. You don't have to think about how to do, you know, that's a real frustrating thing when you're starting work on your financial plan or you've got some direction and you go, well, now what do I do? I've got 2000 extra dollars. I've got 5,000 extra dollars. Grandma gave me 50 grand in an inheritance. Now what do I do? Set the rule once, apply to everything, wash, rinse, repeat. I love that. And that's a whole episode on its own, by the way, decision fatigue. Oh, well, yeah. Make the decisions that are important. Automate as much stuff as possible because your brain can only handle so much. And you don't want to get yeah. to the important stuff and go, no, I'm done. And I feel like I do that every day. There's still three three things I need to get done, but I'm like, nope, checking out. Next one is invest in your retirement plan. And, and I'll say this, switching over from financial advising over to the financial media space the past 10 years, the number of people who tell you not to invest in your retirement plan when anybody tells you don't invest in your retirement plan, my initial thought process is you should run, run fast away from that person. Yeah, there's a balancing act. I think for the vast majority of people, this is really, really, really super sound advice in the subset of everyone is people like entrepreneurs who are investing back into their companies with a known outcome or at least a really high known outcome. Right. Then maybe yes, you my, can hit pause for a few years. Now, this is not indefinitely, but... My problem is people say who say that to a broad audience. Like, yeah. I, I've said that to individuals before. Don't invest in your retirement plan. But when I see somebody's got a megaphone and they're shouting it from a rooftop, no. Well, and where we see this, and you can tell me if this was your experience too, you see an entrepreneur who has you know, a lot of cash flow. They're trying to decide how much to pay themselves or how much to invest in marketing or adding new people. They're not talking generally about 19,000 bucks. It's like, well, what do I do with the 80,000 that's left yeah. over? Yeah. And in that case, I think you do both. You know, why wouldn't you put $19,000 in your 401k at work and take 60,000 and reinvest in the business? Now, if you're down to like, what do I do with this other 1500 bucks? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, now you got to work on growing your business. There's six more on here. We'll link to them on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. But nice stuff there, OG. Thank you, sir. I'll be here on Friday also. (laughs) And it will be free again for everybody to hear. Again. OG. Again. It's amazing. As long as you visit stackingbenjamins.com slash. (laughs) In just a second, I want to get to the takeaway. But when we talk about this list, I'm looking ahead. And one of the things it says not to do is uh, don't take on bad debt. And if you have to get into debt, you know how you avoid that is with a better credit score, which is why we're saying thanks to Experian for helping us make today's show. 
the better your credit score, the easier it is to get the things that you need to take out a loan to get. And of course, the less interest you're going to pay to the man. So the question most people have is, why is it so hard to raise your credit score? Well, Experian just launched Experian Boost, a brand new way to instantly increase your credit score. And it's free. Experience on a mission to help boost America's credit score, which will help millions of people across the country establish and get better access to credit. Having a higher credit score is key to avoiding overpaying on interest. So here's how they're doing it. For the first time ever, paying your utilities and your cell phone bill on time instantly will improve your credit score. Experian Boost works by giving you credit for those bills that you're already paying, like your water bill, your gas bill, your electric, your cable, your cell phone. If you pay those through your bank account, those on-time bills instantly can give you a credit score boost. It used to take months to see your credit score rise a point or two. With Boost, you can increase your credit score instantly. And as I mentioned earlier, it's free to use and only available from Experian. By the way, this is the first time a credit bureau is letting consumers submit utility and telecom payments to be factored in their credit file, and only Experian is doing it. Only positive payments are factored into your credit file. What I mean is it can only help you, can't hurt. In that rare situation where a person's score goes down because you're paying all your other bills, OG, on time, but you're not paying your water bill. You have your water bill late every month, but your credit cards you're paying on time. If it goes down, I don't think that happens to many people. You can turn it off immediately, instantly disconnect it, and your credit score goes back up to where it is. I can't believe it's taken so long for somebody to do this. Steve, our engineer, has had a podcast called uh, Money Play and SOS for a long time. You can still go back and listen to his episodes. This this was what Steve complained about. So I'm sure Steve is shouting this from the rooftops. Experian Boost can potentially help you establish or increase your access to credit. Boost your FICO credit instantly for free. Boost is only available at Experian.com slash SB. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N dot com slash SB. I think our takeaways here, OG, takeaway from piece number one, uh, health-related issues can sink you, know your health insurance, and even more so, uh, this idea of disability, which most people don't think about, you really need to think about that and check through all the things that OG talked about to make sure your disability plan's in place. And number two, speaking of plans, these 10 rules, write down your goals, keep track of the heartbeat, which are your numbers safe systematically. I think you can do those in any order and uh, and you're going to reach financial security in no time flat. Karen Cordaway coming down to the basement. Karen has written just about everywhere. You've seen her at Business Insider, MSN, Yahoo Finance, Market Watch, basically anywhere, OG, that you've seen financial pieces, you've seen Karen's work. Karen's somebody who I've known for quite a long time. In fact, I met her at a FinCon conference back, I'm going to say seven years ago, eight years ago. And I've been a voracious reader of anything Karen writes. Karen could take ideas like a bucket list that other people really don't get much thought to and go, you know what? We need to do this the right way. And she's going to talk to us about that right now. Talking, taking your bucket list seriously. Let's say hello to Karen Cordaway. And coming down to the basement, she's finally here. 
Karen Cordaway. It's great to be here. Thank you for the puffy beanbag chair. I'm glad you didn't give me the deflated one. Well, we saved that one for OG. Oh, okay. Nice manners. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you have a bucket list yourself? I do have a bucket list. I have one on paper and I actually now have everything else on Trello. I brainstorm on paper and then I put everything, I store it. So you have, I mean, your book really goes into depth about how to make a bucket list, but you kind of eat your own cooking then. Yes, you are correct. I actually do these things. Why did you decide to create a bucket list? I mean, did you at one point go, you know, I got to write this down. Did you see the bucket list movie? Why did you create one? Well, I saw the bucket list movie a long time ago, but bucket lists have really gained popularity. Everybody says, oh, I'm going to put that on my bucket list. But it's just like the thing to say. That's totally me. That's totally you. Yes. And as I'm reading your book, I'm thinking, I actually probably got to put this down on paper because my bucket list had two things on it. And I'm doing the second one this year. So I'm done. I'm like, you know what? I probably should do it. What were the two things? Taking a shower and um, (laughs) riding a bike, learning to ride a bike. I'm sitting right here. I have showered, but riding a bike, that's a good one. No, uh, it was, I always wanted to go to Bavaria and I did it. And I've got every longtime listener rolling their eyes as I say that. So please don't talk about Bavaria, Joe. And then the second one was, I wanted to do the Canadian Rockies. Like I wanted to do Glacier, uh, Banff, Lake Louise, and Jasper. So that one's going away this, this September. Oh, good for you. So you read my book and you got inspired. What kind of things are on your bucket list? I love concerts. Once some of the singers from the eighties passed away, it really brought me down and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to any concert I want to go to now. I'm going to set my price range. And if some of them are far away, I'll just save for it. Others luckily, you know, are more affordable, but, um, That is what triggered me because when George Michael, Prince, and a few others, I was like, I can't believe I always said I wanted to see these people and now I can't. It's funny because as you're saying that, I think that even about like visiting friends, right? I just saw friends in Mexico this last week and I have no idea when I'm going to see them again. And you think, you know, make time for this stuff. You have some statistics at the beginning of your book, Karen, about this stuff, about how people kind of take life so cavalierly. Like we spend a lot of time watching TV. You got a bunch of statistics on people don't go after it if you don't write it down. No, you're absolutely right. And sometimes I think people work too much. Once you start a family, if you have a house, you're consumed by that. And you kind of think maybe I have to put this on hold. And then you do end up watching TV because maybe you have a half hour, an hour to yourself at night. So you just kind of put it on autopilot and you don't really think of yourself as being able to do these things. Or you think, oh, I have a vacation. I could do something fun once a year. And then you just don't really actively plan or do exciting things. That could be very small and simple to do. Well, we're going to change that today. You, in your book, talk about the bucket list and you've created bucket as an acronym at the beginning of the book. And I thought we'd just dig into this so we can dig into something If people buy the book, they'll get other stuff later on, which goes far more into detail. But let's do the bucket acronym. B stands for what? Be on the lookout. There's so many things to do. You don't realize it. You know, when you're in your local area, we tend to do the same things. But 
if you get something like a Google alert or if you go on Groupon, you know, just put a little effort. You could find something different to do that you've never done. Even in your own area, like your backyard. Correct. Correct. Well, or- I find, I, I don't know about you, but I find that's where people explored least, right? I mean, I lived in Detroit for a good long time. We moved away for 10 years. I have seen more tourist attractions since I got back because now I'm a guy that's been gone for 10 years. And, I th- and I'm looking at all this cool stuff we had around us forever and I don't want to take it for granted anymore. Exactly. Exactly. I went to Detroit and I, I got to see the Motown Museum and you have to kind of look at your own area as if you're a tourist, you know, just because you can't take off all the time and fly somewhere, you know, it doesn't mean there aren't exciting things to do locally. I still have never been to the Motown Museum. Shame on you. <laughs> I know that's, that's got to be on my bucket list. Uh, be on the lookout then is the B part of this. You had some great suggestions about doing this. One blogger said something, if I remember right, like at an airport, ask people what things they're going to go see. If you talk to other people, they'll give you great ideas. And sometimes they just spring up. You know, if you're the type that you can casually have a conversation with someone and draw that out of them. Sometimes you get the best ideas from people. You on your list is understand what you value. Right. We can also lose touch with that too and just get caught up doing trendy things when I really want people to do things that make them happy. So if you're an athletic person, maybe you run a 5K, you join a new class, you know, tap into what you really like. And sometimes you might have to do a little soul searching if you're someone who hasn't taken time for yourself in a long time. So it could be like a community event, a spiritual thing, you know, something with your family. My husband and I went zip lining and I did one of those, do something you're afraid to do. I'm afraid of heights. So he's just climbing up the zip line thing. It's almost like a big jungle gym, even just to get to the zip line. It's at a facility. And I'm trying to pretend like I'm not scared. I'm walking across this like rope ladder steps. I don't know what you want to call it. And I'm trying to play it cool. Kids are like running by me. (laughs) I'm trying to act like I'm not scared and they're blasting music. And of course, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses comes on. And right when I'm in the middle, the part that goes, you're going to (laughs) die. is blaring in my ears. I've never been so scared, but it was a lot of fun. I got across, we went zip lining. So I like excitement like that. It has to be contained in some way. I'm I'm not that big of a daredevil, but you know, an adrenaline rush once in a while, I think is exciting. Well, it is funny because people think of this step here as kind of a woo woo, you know, um, new agey kind of thing. But, but I don't think so at all because I just watched the film uh, free solo have you seen that that movie? I haven't. It is just amazing. This guy doing something that he absolutely loves where he could die at any second. So he's climbing El Capitan and he's doing it without any ropes, any net. He gets up, you know, within the first 10 minutes, he's high enough that if he falls, he could die. And it's amazing. They, sh- they zoom in on him a couple of times and you can see this guy doing something that for him is exhilarating and phenomenal and really makes his life what it is yet for me, it's, there's no way in hell I do that. And maybe <laughs> that's fine. And maybe that's an extreme example, but, but what you said up front, I don't want to gloss over this idea of doing things that are trendy or going places because other people go there and you can tell people you went there, not nearly as satisfying or as enriching as doing that thing. That's uniquely yours. 
Exactly. And it's meaningful. Like I said, we go to concerts. And of course, one of our all-time favorite bands, I'm going to date myself. It's actually, I was young when this band came out, um, Led Zeppelin. I wasn't even born when they first started, to be honest. And we went for the first time to see a cover band because they're not going to tour anymore. They always talk about how they, they don't tour anymore. So I'm like, well, this is as good as it gets. I was going there expecting to not like it and say, it wasn't, this didn't happen. And I don't like how they did this. We loved it. We were like blown away. The guy was so excellent and he really, um, had the intensity of Robert Plant and we just love music. We love all kinds of music. So that is exciting to us. They even had a statistic on Real Simple that if you listen to live music regularly, it supposedly like increases your lifespan and it helps your well-being. I got to tell Cheryl that because she doesn't like going to concerts and I do. I love them. So I'll tag along with you guys next time. Definitely. I read something else, too, about music on on the plane on the way home. Every story I'm going to tell today is going to be about Mexico because I just got home. Hey, I like that. But I was reading in the New Yorker magazine uh, something about just noise and about what different noises do to your brain and and music in general. Just this uh, thing about us where we we start moving like your body wants to move and even sitting down, your body has this reaction to music where... Um, the, you were chair dancing on the plane. Yeah, whatever the joy chemical is, <laughs> somebody's going to write in and tell me what this is because I'm. It, this is not my field of expertise. I could probably talk. I could talk about standard deviation all day long, but I can't talk about. I can't talk about what the chemical is. But the happy is it chemical, dopamine? Maybe. May, maybe something a, gets released. We don't really need to know what it's called. We just know that it works. The right? good stuff. There's the good stuff, right? The so, good stuff. So you go see concerts. You get lots of the good stuff. I do. I haven't felt that way since I was a kid. And that's another thing I tell people, like, what did you like to do as a child? I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to sit there and play with Legos or something. But, you know, if it was Star Wars, I mean, how many people still love Star Wars? Yeah. My cousin had like all the action figures. We always joke about that. And here we are, parents in our 40s or upward, and we still love that. I see people in online forums too, kind of like judgy about other people's goals. And I think it's important not to be, I don't know, like the older I get, the less judgy I am about what other people are doing, which is your third thing on this list, by the way, look at that segue, very unintentional. But then I take a look and it's to customize it, customize it to your thing, to maybe to what, to your budget? Well, to your situation, you know, some people have different circumstances and obviously different bucket list items cost different prices. So you have to find something that fits your situation. It doesn't mean like, Hey, I can never do that. You know, I have friends that have pets that they don't like to leave with anyone. So they have a camper and they go to different campgrounds. So instead of saying I have a pet, I can't go anywhere because I'm tied to this. They just work around it. We'll keep that one nice and short, Karen. And the next one is is a K. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Just make it easy for yourself. If you're not a planner or you're bad with details, just do what works for you. Maybe you make plans with that person who is super organized. I'm usually the one making all the plans and I just say, hey, show up at this time. Do whatever makes it easy for you. 
I used to find that I, I, I thought the more detailed the plan was at a time, the better it was going to be. I've found that um, keeping it simple also invites good stuff to happen. You know what I mean? Like some of the funnest stuff you'll have happen when you're doing these bucket list things are happen because you didn't plan enough. Like, and I'll give you an example. When we were, were in Bavaria, once again, I can hear the eye rolls, guys. So No, I like that. When, when we were we were in Bavaria, we couldn't find a place to sit at this at this. We wanted to we saw this thing about an oompapa band at a real beer garden. Okay. They're like, Do you have a reservation? No, we we didn't we did not plan well enough. We didn't think to have a reservation. I thought, hey, oompapa bands apparently are the hot thing in Bavaria. I should have known, right? So we go over to the other side of the restaurant and it's packed. We also didn't think about the fact it was a Friday night. So all these local families are out. The waiter says, wait a minute, walks over to this guy who's at a table. Clearly they've just, they've already finished eating and he kind of motions to us, speaks with him, guy nods and he goes, oh, you can sit with uh, this gentleman and his friend. He hears us kind of struggling with the menu and he leans over and says, uh, uh, would you like some of pen? And he starts helping us. His friend comes back who is in the restroom. They're attorneys who are hiking the mountains locally. Karen, they sat with us for three hours. We laughed. We took the best selfie. Well, not selfie. We took the best picture of us afterwards and um, became Facebook buddies with these guys. It was such a fun thing. And it's because we kept it simple because of the fact that we didn't plan every single little thing. Right. And you have new besties. Exactly. I'm sure you you are a person because we've been at conferences together. You're a person who's had 97 of those moments, I'm sure. I can say that. I'm not a small talker, but I get people on topics and for whatever reason, they'll listen. I don't know if it's a verbal headlock or if they actually think I'm interesting, but it seems to work out and they like me. So I'm good. I think when you go into depth and really listen to people and find out things about them, they like you, you know, instead of just being surface and handing a business card. Well, it, it, and I don't know, maybe that's why I think you're a good conversationalist is because of the fact that you don't go for the light thing. You're like, oh, I like that too. Why do you like it? Like, you'll ask a question like that. Well, I'm glad you appreciate that. My daughter tells me I'm so extra. <laughs> Next up, ever evolving. Ever evolving. See, that's the thing. Things just change. They come up. Your ideas change. Just like you said, you thought I need to see this band. This is the thing. And then you end up having a conversation. You probably got to know more about the culture and connected with the people more in that way than, like you said, just taking a picture and popping it on Facebook to say, I saw this. I forgot how you pronounced it. Oompa band. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but I think that's also about your your Trello board. I mean, how often do you revisit these and go, yeah, I don't want that so much. I want this other one now. Exactly. Because after the Motown Museum, we made this whole thing like, we're going to see everybody who's still alive. We saw Diana Ross. We're hoping to see Lionel Richie. We saw Smokey Robinson. So it's like this momentum. It's like a snowball. You just start getting excited. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. And the, the ideas just keep coming. Don't you feel like when you come off a of vacation, you're like, okay, when's my next vacation? Where are we going next? That's how I feel. That's funny. I actually don't. 
I always feel like when I get off vacation, I've got a list of things. I'm rejuvenated. I got a list of things I want to do for the podcast or, you know, back in the day as a financial planner, like all these innovative ideas, right? Because I'm out of the trench, but I'm never thinking about my next vacation. You're not. I don't know. See, maybe because you go enough, maybe, you know, you're just looking to get back home and and you like what you do. So that's different too. A lot of people hate their jobs. So yeah. Which by the way, whether you hate your job or love your job, but especially if you hate your job, this bucket list idea becomes even more important. I mean, becomes very important doing what you love, at least sometimes. Right. If you don't have that kind of satisfaction at your job, yeah. you know, you, you try to cultivate it in other areas. That is interesting. You say that though, because I do have bucket list things for the podcast. You know, I mean, I have this list of milestones to the podcast. That's a bucket list kind of on its own. So having Karen Cordaway on the show, as an example, was a bucket list. Item. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and okay. So that's another thing. Like if your identity is so into your career or you're just in that phase of life and you love your job, you could have career bucket list ideas. Like I want to speak at this conference. I want to yeah. have Karen Cordaway on my show. Yeah. I want to sit in a beanbag chair in a basement. Living with- the dream, <laughs> baby. Living the dream. You know, I'm really impressed. I thought there would be 99 bottles of beer on the wall and there's 101 <laughs> and you just exceed my expectations. We cleaned it up for you. We took the two we were working on before you came down. OG and I, and we stuck them on the wall. That's really what we did. We got one more here on this list of spelling a uh, bucket. What's our tea item, Karen? T is take time to store information because you can get all the details. You're sitting there with your buddies that you got squished with in Bavaria So if they give you all these details, you have to put them somewhere unless you have like a photographic memory. I just try to jot down whatever I can, especially when you get insider scoop or locals tell you something. I store it because if you can't do it right away, you know, to go back to X spot or whatever the name of the restaurant is or anything like that. If I didn't have Trello or something like that um, where I could easily find everything, I probably would forget and I wouldn't do half the stuff. You link to organizational wise that uh, our mutual friend, Michelle Singletary, has a great resource for that. Yeah, I got a lot of ideas from her in terms of the budget. I felt like it really organized me. And, um, you know, whenever you read a book, she has like a journal in her book. So you really get in touch with your spending and, you know, you figure out your values. That quote, I forget that famous quote, like your checkbook shows your values, even though we don't use checkbooks anymore, but how you spend your money really is yeah, a reflection of your values, if that makes sense. But, but going back to take time to store information, you know, um, it's just a matter of being able to follow through. You, you have everything stored and then you act on it. When I was reading this piece, I was thinking about David Allen and I was thinking about how you need your, he has this great analogy about you need your mind to be like water where you can kind of flow with what's going on at the time. And it's so difficult to do that if you're not, if, if you haven't written these things down and gotten it out of your RAM memory system, you know what I mean? Right, right. So it's like a brain dump and yeah. then you capture all of the information and then you don't have to worry about it. But your brain has to know that that's a place you're going to go back to. So the idea exactly, yeah, the idea of having a system where you know you can go back to this to get it, I think is the the important thing there. It's interesting because this is an idea that um, that I think more people need to pay attention to. It's the everyday bucket list book: ten steps to bring more exciting experiences to everyday life. 
Uh, what what day do you launch? You know what? I'm set for June 18th. I'm self-publishing, so I'm new to this. If for whatever reason my date is thrown off, you can go to my website at karencordaway.com. And I have a page, the Everyday Bucket List book. So if you need more information, even if you just wanted to read a little bit more about me, but it will be on Amazon in June. Awesome. And uh, we'll have a link to it also in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Karen, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Well, thank you for having me. And I appreciate the apple pie spray that you sprayed right before I came. (laughs) Easy, man. That's just my cologne. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome back, all you announcers in training. You are currently on the Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, school bus to announcing fame. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Anyway, hey, I hope you've all stretched out because it is time for the pinnacle of this podcast, my trivia. Now, when you're first starting out, you should say something about today's date being, like, you know, today is 529. So you probably say something about happy college savings, everyone. But while that's what amateurs do, and eh, sure, some people use a 529 plan to save for college pros like me, we don't go for the obvious. No, 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 no. We might go a day like on either side of today's date. So watch and learn, folks. Watch and learn. Okay, here we go. Hey, while regular people may use a 529 plan to save for college, pros like me know a better way to get rich than college plans, Bitcoin, or a chain of Olive Garden restaurants. No, 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 no. The way to do it is baseball cards. Imagine this. You'll make money hand over fist all while chewing wad after wad of that delicious, fresh baseball card chewing gum. In fact, I am such a pro that I know this baseball card stat. On yesterday's date, May 28th, a player hit his 715th home run to surpass Babe Ruth. Who was it? I'll be back after I go get my baseball cards from Joe's mom so you can take a peek at what real money looks like. Well, if you haven't heard about AcreTrader yet, we're going to explain to you a little bit about it now. Thanks to AcreTrader for supporting Stacking Benjamins. I love AcreTrader because I grew up in farmland and I get it. I get the fact that number one, farmland is boring, but boring in a good way. I mean, the land is farmed year after year. And as long as you have a soil sustainability plan and farmers who stay in business working that land, this is literally a cash crop for investors every year. Now, it's not a get-rich-quick thing. There are investments that move faster. But when you look at the way that farmland correlates not just to the stock market, but also to other types of real estate, it is a calming factor on your portfolio that I really like. Here's the good news. The people at AcreTrader are experts in this area, so they're going to handle all the aspects of administration and property management. They take care of the insurance, the accounting. They work with the local farmers, and they always have a plan to improve your soil sustainability so that your income stream doesn't go bye-bye. U.S. farmland has attractive historical combined returns that have outperformed most other asset classes over long periods of time. And farmland investments come with historically low volatility, almost no correlation to the stock market, and they're a good hedge against inflation, which makes it an appealing 
tangible asset for diversifying your portfolio. So with AcreTrader, you can invest in U.S. farmland in under five minutes. And because of the fact that they've taken a field and broken it up into little chunks, you will own a little chunk. I'm sure the AcreTrader people love that phraseology. Uh, Joe, they're not little chunks, but they are little pieces, little plots of land that you own own yourself with as little as a thousand bucks. Of course, at the core of Acre Trader, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, is a highly qualified team that combines decades of experience in financial services, agriculture, alongside billions of dollars in revenues and investments. Basically, these guys know dirt, they know farming, they know finance, and they're going to make it all work together for you. So, for more information on how to become a farmland investor through Acre Trader, Head to acretrader.com forward slash SB. That's acretrader.com slash SB. Hey there, trivia nerds. Great news for me. I just asked Joe's mom what she did with my old baseball card collection, and she said she sent them to be cleaned. Isn't she nice? She started trembling after that, though, and said something about a landfill. I'm sure she was talking about that mountain of money the size of all the garbage in the ocean I'm going to make. I'll follow up with her later, but let's get you today's trivia answer, shall we? On yesterday's date, May 28th, a player hit his 715th home run to surpass Babe Ruth. Who was it? If you said it was the same player who also was the only one to steal over 500 bases, or the only the second player in history to be intentionally walked with bases loaded? If you said Barry Bonds, well, jump back and kiss yourself. I'll split a few thousand off my baseball card fortune and share it with you when Joe's mom gets back from the cleaners. See ya! And happy 529 day to you, my friend. College plans for everybody. Uh, yeah, sure. I should get on that. I have three kids. Anybody <laughs> wants to support the OG children. You should get on that. Yeah, you're a guy that never thinks about planning at all. Hey, speaking about planning, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and help somebody plan for life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. And we asked our friends in our Facebook group, if you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash basement, you'll get the link to our Facebook group. Joel says two things most important to him is his optimistic magic eight ball and vacations. My credit card invites me on. I think he's calling out you and Len, dude. It's okay. That's good. It was, it was uh, pretty nice. Those are the most important things. Mm-hmm. Haters going to hate. So says <laughs> Taylor Swift. Well, maybe Joel, maybe Joel's not kidding. Maybe he, maybe he loves his magic eight ball. Uh, I know Len sleeps with his. So your loved ones, and your time is the real answer, but that was close. It's why they've actually made buying quality term life insurance simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. Uh, I love, by the way, what somebody just said in our Facebook group the other day. They were talking about just how quick it was, how we say it's quick. I think sometimes people think we're lying when we say that this is a quick process. I'm like, wow, it was super quick. And then they went to another place that we will leave nameless here. And, uh, because they're not quick. That's supposedly online. And uh, Haven Life was much faster and uh, much less expensive at the same time. They're also backed, by the way, by Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. 
head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life for your free quote. All right, let's uh, say hi to Sanjay. Let's throw out the Haven Lifeline to him. Hi, Joe. And oh, thank you for your podcast. I love listening to your podcast. Um, I learned a lot of stuff about investing. I have a question for you. I recently read a book called The Simple Path to Wealth. It's written by J.L. Collins. By the way, my name is Sanjay. Uh, I almost forgot that. And thank you again. So my question is, uh, what do you think of investing all my money, let's say my 401k and Roth IRAs, in a single mutual index fund like Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund or an S&P 500 index fund? What do you think of that strategy? Thanks. Thanks for the question, Sanjay. And uh, we see this uh, on the internet forums, the uh, invest in a single mutual fund, the specific uh, one specific fund where there's, I think, four others that are the exact same fund as this one. But for some reason, we get stuck on this fund. But let's chat. I think the biggest problem is that you're betting on that area being the winner. And recent history suggests that you've been right in the S&P 500, for example, because U.S. large company stocks, which that's pretty much a U.S. large company stock fund, have done well compared to other asset classes, small companies or international or whatever, over the recent uh, five or six years. But historically, that's not always the case. The risk that you run by not being diversified and you can define diversification any way you want. You could say, is diversification four funds? Is it 11? Is it seven? Is it 19? You know, that's for you to decide. But if you're just concentrated in one particular thing, then you're you're effectively doing what you're so ardently, passionately investing against, which is when you look at somebody who says, all you should put your money into is the S&P 500 fund. Basically, you're saying... I don't know what to do, so I'm going to buy everything, right? That's your position. Well, so he's I want even to be talking about he's even talking wider than that. I mean, he's talking about the total, the total market or that. Yes, but what what are you saying? You're saying that I believe that there's no way to do better than average, and therefore I'm going to have one of everything. Fine, but you're also missing half of the world's production. You're also missing half of the world's investment companies, half of the world's places to put money. So in fact, you're actually taking an active approach in in determining that you are not going to invest in those other things. If that kind of makes sense, like you're just saying by by making this decision you're saying no to this decision. If that if that's a different way to put it. And I don't know what the right answer is, but I can tell you that diversification usually wins. I was reading something. I I don't know if we put this on the show before or not, but I was reading, I was reading something the other month that I got from an investment company. What Joe, this is a question for you. The number one country over the last 20 years, year ending December, 2018, 20 years ending December, 2018, number one country to invest money in number one performance, whatever, man, I don't know. There's a strong, I mean, the obvious answer that, that most people are going to default to is going to be the U.S., which which makes me think it's it's probably some other uh, a, a country. Let's say um, uh, one of the Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. Not China, not India, not Russia, not Brazil, 
not Singapore, Taiwan, Denmark. Hey. That's pretty good. How about that? I feel like I've told you this. That's why you guessed that. But uh, <laughs> no, no I do. Random. I do. Good job. I, no, I do a little bit of homework. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've looked well at those right. countries before and I know there's been good performance. I know they're among the top. You know, and my favorite place has always been more, as you know, more like Singapore. I love the Southeast Asia investing there with with my money. But, but my uh, point is, is that if 20 years ago you said, I'm going to put all my money in the U.S. stock market, which, by the way, you were at the end of a 20 year bull market when you said that pretty much. Right. I mean, there are a couple of blips in 97, 91 and 88, but pretty much from 1981 to 1998, the U.S. stock market kicked everyone's butt. And you said, I'm going to put all my money in VTSAX or in the IVV or in SPY because, by God, this is where it's at. And you just completely excluded the, the next 60% of the countries, 50% of the production, whatever. Then you missed out on the number one performer over that time. Now, you also in 1998 would have been a fool to put all your money in Denmark. Could you imagine meeting with a financial planner? Joe, could you imagine recommending to your client, like, listen, the S&P has done pretty good over the last 50 years, but right. uh, I think we should put all our money in Denmark. Or having no. 75% of your money in Amazon stock, which would have done very well. Yeah. So the thing is, is that as foolish as that sounds, that's effectively what you're saying when you say, I want to put all my money in the U.S. And you say, well, should I have all U.S. and international? I don't know. I don't know the right answer to that. It's unique to you individually. But concentrating in one specific country, one specific asset class, which is the S&P 500, just eliminates all of the other stuff that has great opportunity for upside as well. So I don't know why you wouldn't be diversified in other areas outside of the U.S., outside of large companies and put some thought into it, you know, because there's a right way to do this stuff. Well, and it's frustrating for me too to know that it's so damned easy to find because it's all over the place, the efficient frontier and why. And I get the fact that this is supposedly quote, a lazy man's way to make money. And yeah, the last, as you pointed out the last 10 years, the returns haven't been that different than a diversified approach or maybe even better than just an international adding an international fund. But that efficient frontier is so easy to find. It's all over the place and really like four more minutes to have a four fund approach versus the single fund approach. But you know what though, in the big scheme of things, I'm tired of arguments about making perfect the enemy of good. This is not the reason why people fail. People don't fail because they chose to put all their money in one mutual fund or because they found the efficient frontier. Like I think they should have, you know why they fail? Cause they didn't save. They didn't save yeah. any money. They didn't invest for growth. And if they did put money into a single mutual fund or diversified approach, four years later, when it wasn't working as well as something else, they changed to the other thing. They go from fad diet to fad diet to fad diet, or they follow none and they know everything, but they never save a dollar. I'm very tired of broke professors on the internet arguing perfection. Save some yeah. money, stick to your guns. And get it done. Like, get it done. There, there's a guy in our forum right now trying to argue about Dave Ramsey's, as we're recording this, he's trying to argue about Dave Ramsey's investment strategy. And people are talking about... <laughs> I wrote a reply to that and then went backspace, 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 next. Well, you know, mine, my reply that I actually did just write was, dude, do you. 
Do great. Just stick with Dave Ramsey's approach. It seems to be working for you. You seem to be very hot about other people not wanting to do what you do. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Do you, man? If it's well, working. here's the problem. The, the problem with being what's concentrating and you, and you blew right past it. But I think this is the issue. While it's not the thing that makes it so you're successful or not successful and that savings is the thing. Behavior is the thing within the thing. And whatever you decide to do, if you invest all of your money in S&P 500, because that's the that's what you in your soul think you should do. But then in six years from now when emerging markets are beating the hell out of the S&P and you don't have any of that, then you trade your S&P fund to buy an emerging market fund and then you get your face kicked in when emerging markets go down 42% the next year. Yeah. That is the thing that will crater your retirement plan. Yeah. And diversification protects against that. Diversification, you get to have all of the return of everything just in a different order. You know what I mean? And it's got a built-in buy-sell plan. It's got a built-in rebalancing plan. You just have to do it. So I think that you can do a little bit better than buy one of everything in one specific country. And maybe the answer is buy one of everything in every country. Maybe that's maybe that's the answer. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you can't change it. Whatever you do, you have to stick with because you will guess wrong almost all the time. So... Anyways, use the Joe at the mini bar strategy. Yeah. Get one of everything. I will have it all and then regret that later. Thanks for the question, Sanjay. Sanjay pressing our button there. Well, not really. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question because it is a good because, question. you know, 90% of the, of the world, I mean, hell, even, even Warren Buffett says when I die, I put all my money in the S and P 500 and 10% cash. Well, I mean, it helps that Berkshire Hathaway is basically an S&P 500 fund anyway, but you know, okay. When you've got 75 billion, you can be okay with the S&P returns, I suppose. Thanks for the question, Sanjay. You got a question for us, head to uh and it's uh, forward slash voicemail to get to us. We are no longer taking letters to the show. We do have a backlog of letters that we want to finish up, but we're out of time for today because uh, Sanjay had a very important question. Had a that very, very well question. answered. Yes. That we with only two bleeps, which do. is pretty amazing, all things considered. And they were from me and not you. What's up with that? Um, you know, I'm pretty mellow, dude. I don't know if you knew that or not. You disguise it very well. Mellow. I'm chill. One thing left before we <laughs> say goodbye to this episode. Thanks to everybody who's left a review of this show to tell people what they're getting into. And this is a five stars from JC. Mom put this one on the fridge. JC wrote in. That's nice. JC wrote, I'm in. Love the show. You guys sparked a fire under my butt and really got me working on getting my finances in order. Thanks for keeping it interesting. You're the man, JC, or the woman. I thought, I thought, not I sure thought if JC would have would have had. Uh, oh, it's not the JC. <laughs> figured figured he already had all his money stuff squared you, away. But you are on fire today, hey, baby. Whoa. I got it all. I'll be here on oh Friday too. Goodness. Yeah, no, JC wrote their last name, but uh, I'm just going to say JC here. So it wasn't, th- thanks okay. for that. Mom is very excited. Mom would be excited if the other JC <laughs> gave us five stars. We can only hope. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you've got it from here. Nice tour with everyone on uh, how being an announcer guy works. Now show people, Doug, how to explain 
what people should have learned today. Sure thing, Joe. I'll step in and pinch hit for you. Hey, all you going to announcer school. See what I did there? I kept it topical. First, take some advice from Karen Cordaway. While bucket lists are always nice to talk about, have you actually made one? If not, it's time to get those goals in writing. How do you know how to invest unless you know what you're shooting for? Second, thinking that you're a safe skier? OG has it right. We're not worried about you. We're concerned with all those other people around you. Make sure you're adequately covered by following up with your work or your insurance company so you know that your policy meets your needs. But the big lesson? Don't let Joe's mom near your baseball card collection. I'm telling you. Apparently, taking your baseball cards to be cleaned is the same euphemism as your cat's taking a nap or your goldfish is going for a float or your horse went to have his tonsils taken out or we're taking your dog to the farm in the country. What? Your mom never used that one on you? Like mine did? Huh. Special thanks to Karen Cordaway. You'll find a link to her book, The Everyday Bucket List Book, on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and there's a 73% chance that I played Chuck on Happy Days. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. Sometimes in this part of the show, we uh, talk about movies because OG and I see our fair share of movies. And we actually have a little backlog now, which is cool, of films. But I want to get this one out there because I saw this movie just on Sunday. Cheryl and I went and saw a new one out this week. This is the live action version of a little film that you might not have heard of OG called Aladdin. You. Tea? How did you get past the guards? That was challenging. You cannot just break into a palace like you own the place. If you don't have anything, you have to act like you own everything. You stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. 
What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Oh, great one who summons me, I stand by my oath, loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Will Smith plays the genie in this new uh, adaptation of the classic tale called Aladdin. It's tough to be the genie. Round two. Yeah. T- t- yeah. Going after Robin Williams. Not something that uh, people were excited about. In fact, ahead of time, when people were watching previews, the only thing I kept hearing was, really? Uh, I wouldn't want to follow that guy. And frankly, I don't think the world needed another version of Aladdin. Yet, when Aladdin went, like a good Disney fanboy, I took my wallet out and I handed it over to the mouse. And uh, Cheryl and I went and saw it. And what's funny is, is that I'd read some of the reviews of this film ahead of time. I think uh, as of today, the Rotten Tomato scores a 55, which means generally critics pretty split. But uh, I don't want to really not excited about going to see a movie that has a that's a 55. However, and this is the interesting thing. The fan popcorn score, you know, they always give you two. They give you the Rotten Tomato score and the popcorn score. What do fans say as they leave? 98%. Ooh. Put me solidly in the 98% camp. This was a ton of fun. This was a movie I didn't need to see. This is a movie that didn't need to be made. I thought that Will Ferrell, I thought... Would be, Will Ferrell would be an amazing... I thought that Will Ferrell didn't appear in this movie, so that was wild. But that Will was, Smith, that was awesome. Yes, that was awesome. The way that we didn't see him the entire time, and he wasn't even in the credits. That's that's his non cameo. But Will Smith, Will Smith, I thought did a great job of making the genie his own, and uh, I thought the writing was crisp. I thought that there was enough newness to the movie about how they did it. Uh, a lot of people that were critics talking about how there's too much stuff flying around and. Too much action from Danny Boyle, who's done a lot of action sequences in movies. Thought that was fine, too. Um, The songs, the classic songs mixed with different new songs that I hadn't heard before. The storyline doesn't get old. The classic greed versus what we talked about a lot today on the show, OG. Doing you, you know? Aladdin does better when he did him. When he tried to be something he wasn't. When he tried to... Go for undescribable feelings. He decided to get greedy. Yeah. We watch a lot of Disney movies. I got to tell you that song came on and, and, and they nailed it. It's a whole new world, man. I like that song. You know, don't, don't you dare close your eyes. Don't you dare. As they're going down the waterfall. Yes. So, uh, big thumb up for me for Aladdin. I thought we are going to go see Aladdin, the Broadway play touring of course in dallas in a couple weeks which i think would also be fantastic well i've seen it twice on broadway my son's out with me once my wife's out with me once so they're coming to dallas we're excited i saw it in the playbill when we went to hamilton i'm like we gotta go we gotta bring the kids so i get tickets no i didn't buy extras i was trying to sell them i just just got just got normal ones on the real sale resale market as a matter of fact so i hose somebody else and um Instead of myself for once. And I text, I texted my son. I go, hey, check this out. We got tickets to Aladdin. He goes, yeah, didn't we already see that? Oh, uh, really? I'm like, dude, wasn't it awesome? He goes, yeah. 
I said, well, then if you like something, you can go twice to it. It's really good. He goes, oh, okay. Awesome. When is it? I said, in a couple weeks. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Are you taking your daughter? No, 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 no. Oh, I no, just no. wondered. No. It seems like with that much action, she would be enthralled. Uh, no. No? No. Not quite. No. You are far removed from the three-year-old time frame. You can't do anything with the three-year-old. You can't go out to eat. This is this is the lockdown period. From like newborn to two, you're pretty much self-contained. From two to three, you know, they are pleasant. And then from three until about four and a half, it is the threshold of DEFCON 4 the entire time. It could turn nuclear at any moment. And homie, don't play that. So The first movie we took our twins to see was the live-action version of 101 Dalmatians. And we got a big bucket of popcorn. We made sure to walk in the second, the, like we timed it perfect. I remember like we showed up 18 minutes after the scheduled time. Nice. And we, and we sat down in the theater, picked a daytime thing and we made it till the popcorn ran out. Once yep. the popcorn ran out, we were gone. I want to go. I want to go. My, go. my kids both thought it was more fun to run up and down the auditorium, uh, mm-hmm rows and play in front of the uh play in front of the screen than than to watch the movie yeah yeah we have uh we have a rule in our house is called rule number one and you can ask my boys what rule number one is caroline doesn't know it yet but she will learn it rule number one is don't make me look like a bad parent because you can do that well enough on your own because i fantastic <laughs> that is up top nice well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month, and I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.